Welcome in a brand new clinical data management podcast with IBA. In the upcoming episodes, we'll bring you a sophisticated insight from various institutions that are involved in data management. Our guests are leading experts in data management, biotechnology, life sciences and digital health. They'll share with you their experience, best practices and maybe even more than that. Learn from the best. It's Clinical Data Management by IBA. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast program presented by IBA, focusing on the best practices in clinical data management. Today, our main topic will be interdisciplinary communication. It may seem like a quite soft topic when compared to the previous episodes featuring biomedical engineering, data management, biostatistics, and computer science. Anyway, with my today's guest, Tomas Machulka, we have made a deal to talk a little bit more about the importance of the soft skills such as communication, which is also needed for anybody who wants to perform well on a data-related position. Okay, now let's move on to the guest of today's episode. Tomas Machulka is an experienced manager in clinical data sciences, now affiliated with Premier Research, which you may know as a nearly global CRO. During his professional career, he was working on various positions highly related to clinical data management. And I saw a quite diverse mix of institutions, university hospitals, CROs, and even a pan-European infrastructure or a network of academic clinical trials. Welcome, Thomas. How are you? Hello, Dom. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. It's very nice to have you here and I'm looking forward to the interview. Thomas, we met once in the past. The occasion was pretty close to clinical data management as we were discussing the potential use of our EDC system CLADIS inside the check room, the already mentioned academic infrastructure for clinical trials. And I'm curious, what has happened since then and what is your current job at Premier Research about? Are you still feeling like a data manager or is your position now shifted more towards data science? It's um, actually combined and still very versatile, which is something I love on the data management and the mm-hmm. pharma environment in general. Uh, going back to my background, I studied uh, IT at the Brno University of Technology and then Automatization at Mendel University. And after my studies, I uh, started in pharma business and I've always been in the pharma and with the CRO. Um, so I've always been a data manager and, and uh, in this industry. Currently, I'm working as an as associate manager in uh, clinical data science in premier research. And as you mentioned, the checkering infrastructure, this is still my part time. So I'm uh, involved in academia and clinical mm-hmm. research. This is mainly related to uh, investigator-initiated trials and research projects. So it's a little bit different than uh, uh, commercial studies in the CRO, but I think it's a it's a good set to have and combine these two worlds: CRO and uh, academic research. Interesting. As a versatile manager of clinical data or a data scientist, how important is the data for you, Thomas? What I'm saying usually during uh, meetings with uh, with sponsor, uh, either with the, during the kickoff meeting or uh, investigator meeting, I'm saying that uh, data is the second most important thing in the clinical trials, uh, where the first thing is obviously subject well-being and, and health. Uh, but mm-hmm. the data is really, in my opinion, the second most important set 
uh, in the clinical trials because everything else is, is based on that. And uh, as long as you don't have a valid, reliable and a complete data, uh, it's very difficult to publish successful results of a given trial. Yeah, reliable and complete data. So can we stick a little bit with this? Can you tell me your perspective on the data itself? Is it a rather matter of business or rather a matter of knowledge? Or if I can rephrase my question, do you perceive the role of data as a capital or rather a fuel of algorithms or a subject matter for some analysis? Considering whether it is a fuel or a set, uh, I think again, it uh, depends on the, the person and the project itself. For me, data is really the most important set. And in this way, as a data manager, uh, I try to treat data and the project like this, that it's the, the one of the most valuable things in, in the trial. and the role of the data manager and what we are doing even even though it's a really a fragment of our work at the end of the day you have a good rewarding feeling that you can bring something into this uh, process which will at the end of the day deliver a treatment to a subject so it, it might be a small role in the entire global process and, and a very complex process of the clinical trial but a data management role for me is really important part of, of the clinical trial. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder if you hear this triple uh, data, information and knowledge, what are your thoughts? Can you see some important differences between those three concepts? I know this is quite philosophical questions mm -hmm. anyway. It might bring us to the topic of today. Correct. Uh, the fact you have an enormous amount of data uh, does not necessarily mean that you can get the information and the knowledge out of it, uh, which is our uh, daily work to get the data, process it, and uh, to process it in a way that you can transfer information and gain a knowledge out of it, which um, seems to be illogical, but uh, it's very sometimes very difficult process because as a data managers, we are uh, sometimes living in a box and uh, as we work with the data really on a daily basis and it's a natural habit for us to, to work at the, with the data, well, we think that everyone else involved in the project, uh, mainly clinical team, for example, the project mm. manager or even sponsor, they are thinking the same way, which is, which is not the case. So uh, nowadays, I think the, the one of the main roles of the data manager is to extract the information and try to transfer the knowledge to the rest of the team in the best possible way so everyone can understand what you're trying to say while working with, for example, queries or uh, any data in an EDC system. From the beginning of study, you have a different point of view on the data, on the sites, on individual investigators and, and the subjects than the rest of the team, because they are not in EDC on daily basis. They are not working with the, with the tool that often. They are not processing data regularly. So you really might think that uh, they must see what you see in the data, but it's, it's, it's quite opposite. So your role mm -hmm. is to get this information to them as soon as possible and in the in the best possible way using a really different techniques like data visualization aggregation of the data using the dashboards or specific tools to to transfer this information you get out of the data i think that you just mentioned very important points 
which may become some kind of pillars for a good practice in efficient communication. Is there any approved way how to extract the information or, on the other hand, how to reduce the huge amount of data which a clinical data manager works with? I mean, a piece of useful information which can be then sent out from the data management department to the rest of the team within an organization. So you mentioned the three pillars. Is there anything else which you would add to the kind of good practice uh, for clinical data managers? I think the one of the aspects and, and the information you need to transfer to the rest of the team is the early detection of, for example, problematic sites. Mm. And we have two groups of data, right? That's a that's a clinical data, so something what is entered into EDC or collected by the sites, can be uh, a lab data, can be a, a different uh, external data resources. So something what is part of the clinical database, and we have a metadata, which is something what we read uh, from the queries, for example, we can, we can say this site is not performing well. They are always entering data with delay or they are not entering data at all. Uh, when I go back to query management, it's a, it's a, it's a very peculiar thing, uh, mm-hmm. for every, every data manager. And I, I think everyone who ever worked as a data manager recall extensive communication with, uh, the site, uh, through the query tool. And sometimes you, you you really struggle to get to the point and try to explain to side that the way they enter the data just not makes sense. Uh, so it can be uh, um, invalid chronology of events, but both sides are uh, having a valid argument why the side is thinking it's correct. And we have a valid argument why we think it's not correct. And it's difficult only to use a query system for, with the text without uh, any additional tool, like uh, providing a print screen to them. So you can show them visually that the interpretation of the data they entered into database is just not making sense, but it's very difficult to explain them through the, through the simple query message. Okay. So in other words, just querying the data might be not the best practice in maintaining data quality. If we talk about outlying centers or sites, I think maintaining the quality through the query is just essential thing you can do. Uh, what we use in Premier is uh, risk-based quality uh, mm-hmm. management. So important part is that we really try to detect the issue, and uh, this is based on the on the on the trending data and the trends you see based on the metadata or even based on the clinical data. And as you may know, in every single study on a clinical trial, you always have this one side. They're doing everything in a different way, let's say in their own way. And as a data manager who works with with them on daily basis and managing the queries, you can very quickly spot this type of a site uh, or even an individual who will always answer the query in a very different way and they're not following the protocol. Uh, But until you have a valid proof based on data, it's very difficult to communicate this to the rest of the team. So Mm. this is the role for uh, risk-based quality management and tools we are using where these type of trends are uh, exactly visible 
based on the data analyzed. And our next step is to mitigate the risk and uh, take appropriate action to improve the performance of the site and basically deploy uh, some action steps to make them perform better. Yeah, absolutely. Risk-based quality or risk-based monitoring and the early detection, these are quite buzzwords today. Anyway, does it always have to be the clinical data manager who should detect the problem? Or can you see also some space for algorithms and any kind of automatization in risk-based right. monitoring? I, I think that this is a teamwork and uh, we definitely are using a tool which will enable you to set uh, a predefined risks uh, and based mm -hmm. on the variables and, uh, and logical condition and algorithm we're just waiting until the risk is triggered um, so then we can we can take appropriate action it can be a very basic threshold value for example for a certain lab value when it reaches a certain point for the subject or across the side so we can compare uh, two subjects with each other or two sites uh, with each other and see what is the difference and why the site is having uh, difficulties with, with this type of, of parameter, etc. So this is, I think, very basic. And you can go further and implement also very advanced algorithms, including uh, artificial intelligence, to detect the fraud in the data. So to detect the side who is entering the very same or very similar data for every single subject. So you might uh, have a suspicion that uh, they are probably trying to falsify mm -hmm. data, that this is extreme, <laughs> but, uh, but the tool uh, we are using uh, enables that. And this is, this is quite advanced and, and the future for yeah, uh, absolutely. Management. Thomas, you mentioned teamwork, so I believe this is the work of people and algorithms, artificial intelligence, or in general tools. What's more important for you as a senior data manager? Is it the people or is it the tools which are more important for you? It's definitely people uh, using the right tools and the people who understand what that tool is saying what kind of information they're getting out of the tool. But uh, the interpretation is always uh, on people. So you need to have experience and skilled uh, skilled team uh, in order to get the knowledge and take appropriate action. Yeah, I think that we are on the same ship here. And if I uh, can go to the tools, I believe that during your career, you had to work with a variety of them. I mean, tools, platforms, systems for designing and also for executing clinical trials. Which of them do you perceive as the most crucial? Is it the EDC, electronic data capture, which you mentioned several times today, or other kinds like, let's say, more management systems, CTMS or trial master file? Uh, for me, as a small data manager, definitely my, my answer is uh, electronic data capture system uh, in combination with uh, some tool which is uh -huh. uh, doing this risk-based monitoring and uh, can integrate data from various resources into one warehouse, uh, if you will, and can, can really give you a different angle and a point of view on the data you were working with. Because in the DDC, the data are basically from one source. So it's, it's from the side, whereas 
when you have a study where EPROs are used or patient diary is used, they're not necessarily going into, into EDC system. So you have a, a different group of data which are not in the same tool. So it's difficult to merge data together or you can merge it together, but not in a easy way. So in a combination with uh, Remark, for example, which is a tool uh, we are using where you can upload or import all the data you have from all the different resources, uh, then you can work with it as, a, as with a single database and you can adapt uh, different algorithms and create a different visualization mm -hmm. and uh, gain more knowledge, basically. So from, is that, uh, is that a data integration platform in Premier Research? Yes, we have, we call it an ecosystem. Uh, so it's a combination of different tools, but the, the main two aspects or tools are EDC system and, and Remark, where we try to ingest all, all the data together. Okay. And so I believe that, that. Uh, you have some kind of in-house development there, or are you just buying off-the-shelf softwares? These are uh, all commercial products, uh, but uh, definitely have mm -hmm. a, an integration team who's working on um, uh, data imports and uh, post-processing of the data. So this is this is in-house, but the, the solutions are commercial ones. Okay, thank you. Uh, so once you mentioned data integration, I need to ask you also about the data integrity because I think this is a kind of a quality which is also very crucial for data managers. Is that correct? Data integrity uh, is, yeah, definitely very important enables you to work with the reliable data. So in order to have a reliable data. You... Yeah, we talked a lot about this in the last episode where we mentioned uh, data lineage uh, from origin through all transformations. So yeah, I, I think also that for data managers, the data integrity or reliability of the data is, uh, this is really crucial. Okay, now if I can, let's move on to the section in this podcast program, which is always really inspiring and sometimes also funny. Thomas, tell me anything about fuck-ups in data management. Have you experienced any real-world problems resulting from failures? I think it's slightly related to data integrity topic uh, we touched a minute ago. Sometimes the work of a data manager is uh, more like a a criminal case where uh, you were in the role of a detective and you're trying to find the truth going back to the query management where uh, you obviously see some discrepancy and you start uh, digging into it trying to find what is true and uh, what, what should be entered in the in a clinical database it's sometimes very difficult it takes a lot of time to get this information and to have the right information when for instance, a central lab is involved and there is an exchange between the site and the central lab uh, sending a paper form, uh, which is manually transcribed uh, somewhere else. Then it's a source of issues and risk to, to lose the data integrity. When each party involved confirms that they're the ones, they have a valid information, it's difficult to argue with them and, and uh, find out who is telling the truth, basically. Uh, so uh, this is something what is sometimes uh, very funny that, that you spend a, a, a lot of time and uh, I consider this as a really uh, a detective work. 
Yeah, I can believe that uh, you have a lot of stories in your mind and I like uh, your saying that uh, data managers are like criminal detectives seeking for truth uh, behind the data which they work with. Okay, so I think that we are approaching the end of this episode, Tomas. Thank you very much for your time and for sharing your insights and also the stories with us. It was a really big pleasure to have you here. Thank you, Anne, and for inviting me. Uh, it was a pleasure for me as well. Yeah, thanks. Thank and many much. thanks goes also to you, our listeners, for being with us. And together, let's look forward to the next episodes with our high-level guests who represent an inspiration for the clinical data management community. Whether you are a data manager, data analyst, biostatistician, or a data engineer, learn from the best and stay tuned. I'm Daniel Schwartz, and this is the Clinical Data Management Best Practices Podcast program presented by IBA 